all those feelings of insecurity and unknowing and uncertainty and all of the disconnect to the not knowing of who you are, which you can't possibly do at 20. You Mm -hmm. can in certain ways, but for the most part, even indigos, like you guys have struggled because no one's been like, hey, 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 it's not just crystal bullshit. Like that's not what that's about. This is about you being your guru. This is about you finding your compass. This is about you feeling you. I have some friends that call it the pretend sphere. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so good at pretending yeah. that we're okay when we're freaking the fuck out inside. But, but, and I was totally disassociated from that until not that long ago, maybe six years ago, five years ago, when I started working more on my shadow work mm-hmm. instead of just being connected to that space. Cause that's also spiritual diversion, just pretending like being in any pretend sphere. I really can't think of anything more important than waking up to your true self. I mean, once you do that, every single thing in your life changes. It's like a whole new world opens up. I used to look at my life and think, there has got to be more. There is, and this is it. I'm Paige, and this is Spiritual Twenties. Hello, Kara. Hi, Paige. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so happy to be here and I'm excited as well. All right, let's dive in. Why don't you tell people a bit about yourself? Okay. (laughs) I was born in California um, and I've spent a large portion of my life um, seeking truth. Um, and then really finding truth and not seeking any longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe as we go, we can talk about that distinction and that yeah. difference. Because I've been really fascinated with that, the nuance between where resistance lies or where consciousness lies when we recognize we're unconscious and then we wake to the conscious, right? So I think I know the reason that I started seeking that young was part of my, you know, what my purpose on the planet is for sure. Um, part of what my agreements are. Uh, but also I watched, I, when I was five, my parents divorced um, and it was a pretty, pretty bad divorce. And so I had heartbreak and I didn't understand why love didn't prevail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard two very different stories, specifically one from my dad that was berating of my mom. So that really shut down a lot of my internal feminine for a long time, like many of us. And my masculine came on really strong to take care of me. And it did a fantastic job for a long time and really pushed me to excel at at a lot. So I really charged life. I have a, I think, a fairly unusual vigor for being alive for life itself. And so I really brought that to everything I I did, you know, I was student body president of my high school. I was a, vol- a varsity athlete for four years. I, you know, I've traveled around the world and I've surfed and I've competed in surfing. I've competed in snowboarding. I competed in wakeboard, you know, like, so it was just really drove me. And then I got super interested in, in graduate school. I was lucky enough to live in an intentional meditation community for three years. And I was finished graduate school four months pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
uh, really took the birthing process and the preparation for motherhood like I was in graduate school because I was. <laughs> and um, my show was called Cycle to Now. And it was really looking at the transformational experience that human beings are having on the planet. And this was 13 years ago when I hung that show. My son's now 10. And we were then on an organic farm in an intentional meditation community because I knew I needed to center myself to a degree that I knew I didn't know in order to prepare myself for um, the launch into mother motherhood. So that was really lovely for forethought and also guidance. I was really guided in those spaces. And I was really excited at that time and prior. I mean, I have so many amazing mentors and so many amazing women and men um, that have shared information with me to help develop my understanding of um, my vision, my visionary abilities, my empathetic and intuitive understanding of energy and feeling um, and connection. So, yeah, I think that's a. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, obviously, it's not. There's so much more, but like, I'm thank you for pausing there because I'm so excited. There's so many things. And first of all, I was. I was really moved at, and I'm saying this out loud for the sake of, of sharing it with you, but also I think for people listening to understand the magic of how people are connected. I knew you and I were connected. I did not know how connected we were. And truly I had an extremely similar experience and it made me choked up when you said about witnessing a parent's divorce and especially how that made you view your mom and then that being a catalyzing event for shutting down the feminine in that wait love didn't work and being somebody who from a little little kid I always felt like I was a crusader for love and that but at the same time against the backdrop of not only my parents but frankly most people in my community not being in what we would call like successful relationships, whether they were together and it was extremely abusive or lots of divorces I witnessed growing up and just in my family. Well, and, and perfectly placed. Right. Perfectly placed for our experience to be able to understand the dichotomy of experience, right? So that we can come back into our knowingness that it's not that love didn't prevail, that we reframe the story. It's not that love didn't prevail. It's right. that we needed to see that broken because everyone needs to experience the light and the dark and the shadow, right? All of it, because we encompass all of it so that we know specifically how we bring that love into everything else that we're doing now, knowing what that safety, because ultimately the broken heart just comes down to trauma yeah. and trauma comes down to not feeling emotionally safe. So our body unregulates, our physical space unregulates, mm -hmm. our mental space, you know, deregulates. Mm -hmm. And so then we get to feel what it comes coming back to regulation. Some people call it the health presence, the flow, whatever you want to call it, existence itself when we don't put words on it, when we get really quiet and still. Yeah. So we can't know that if we don't know what that heartbreak feels like. Right. Yeah gift and opportunity yes. so good yeah and then I think that I'd love to 
to know more about this experience that you had. And, and again, where we aligned was that push to masculine energy and accomplishment and things. And then you said something that was along the lines of, and then I knew I needed to be grounded. Mm. And just in, in all of that conversation, the, the years of your graduate school and these decisions that you made and these knowings that you had, so beautiful how, and I just want to punchline that we don't often know why we're being called to something. And it, that is the guidance. And I've experienced that as well. And it's, it's trusting and following along the way. But I would love to hear a bit more about what that looked like for you, these calls that you had and these, this guidance that you had, especially given that perhaps all or most of it or some of it was kind of against what the mainstream narrative or your previous stories and programming told you to do. What does that call look like and how do we answer it? Mm, Such a great question. It looks so beautiful, (laughs) but it looks so different to each person and um, mm, it's so beautiful. So for me, um, that call was always really, really loud. Um, that voice was always, it wasn't really disconnected. That voice was a greater part of my voice than the other. Mm. And so for me, it was how to hold my energy and space when that's clear to the world around me, Yeah. but we're, but we're not really ready for it. Like it's a lot or it's too much yeah. or... You know, and I've had a lot of reflections back over the years about how much, especially from men, mm-hmm. that was so visible that I was like already woman, but it was like no one knew what to do with it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that voice was always really loud. I think the box, what tools, what tools are we acquiring along the way to understand that the nuance of, again, where the unconscious and conscious merge, where our breathing mechanism, which is our life force, which is our energy flow, which calms our body and our psychosomatic system through all that trauma. What is that nuance where we go into the space of unconsciousness or into our patterning or our programming and how quickly to realign? Right, so that is the calling. The calling is, how do I realign? How do I realign? How do I integrate and realign? How do I integrate and realign? How do I feel that place of safety in myself that was the unsafe feeling that triggered my entire mind-body connection to go into overwhelm? Mm -hmm. Which is the state that most human beings are living in without even knowing it. It's the state that I visit and see very rarely now, or I, because that's the whole point of being alive, right? Do that deep work, right? And integrate so that we're showing up so that we can actually be fit to serve because mm-hmm. we're integrate, right? We're not triggered. We see the mirror. We understand. We understand what that is. We're not, we're not reacting from that space. We are acknowledging that duality is here. Mm-hmm. that we're going to have all of this humanness and that it's still an illusion because the only thing we know to be true is how regulated we are in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Every single moment, 
because the past and the future are illusions. And the mind wants that story so bad, it just wants it. So, so the calling was loud. And then um, I started, you know, building the tool set. And I actually have um, this great digital online community. It's like a lifestyle curated digital resource yeah. community. Um, because I feel like that's the clearest way to get people on board. It's like, what did you do? You know what I did? I walked into a yoga studio. My best friend was teaching yoga when I lived on the North shore of Oahu. And she was like, try yoga. And I was like, yeah, I just want to hang out with you because you're so cool. She's like, come to yoga. And then I got really lucky because yoga was at Turtle Bay and it was right on the water. And I walked into this resort and it was free because my friend was a teacher and I like couldn't touch my toes, mm -hmm. you know? So that kind of yoga to embodiment when I was your age was happening, but not like it is now. Right. And the flip of that too, is that it was happening, but it wasn't also diluted like it is now. Right. It wasn't like, Hey, be the Instagram yogi chick that like looks freaking hot but let's not talk about the fact that like the ancient roots of yoga stem in the, in the knowing that we can stretch our bodies to sit in silence and meditation longer, more comfortably. Right. Not forget that this is a embodiment practice. Yes, we can, we can help sculpt our bodies by being in optimal health, Yeah. but this is an embodiment practice. So I, you know, so tool set, so yoga, and that got me closer to feeling my body. Do you want me to keep going on this? Yeah, sure. Okay, so that started me feeling my body. Um, and then, oh my gosh, all the magic, all the magic of like being in the flow and watching the universe reflect back to you the energy you're bringing, both positive and negative, but all of the magicians that came into my life and all the priestesses yes. and all of the all of the kings and queens that came through to help guide me and me being open enough to recognize that like oh wow that energy is amazing or walking into a yoga studio and Byron Katie sitting there and yeah. feeling the field that was around her and and like i remember walking in and taking like four steps back and just being like, what's happening right now? Like this was like the best yoga teacher in Santa Barbara at the best studio. And there's a lot that came along with that, that I was dealing with as I was kind of uh, younger than you and in grad school. And it was like, oh my God, this is a happening. Like I can feel my, my molecular makeup shifting. Like who is this woman and what, what is happening here? And I went and asked the woman, and she was like, oh, it's Byron Katie. And she's on her book tour. And she wrote this great book called Thousand, Thousand Names of Joy. And like, I read it and it changed my life, right? So, and then Eckhart, of course, and, yeah. you know, all of them, Benjamin Krem and Titnot Han and all these people and practices started to flow into my life. Um, and then, of course, the meditation community had a lot of that. So I got really interested in like women of wisdom and what their magic stories are in yeah. terms of the rise of the matriarchy. Yes, I would love to take an extra beat and talk about magic because I just want to make that so, first of all, because it's like my favorite thing to talk about, but also because I want to really connect those two in that everything that you just described is the magic. 
right? Like we are in such an amazing and beautiful and wow time to be alive because people are remembering that we are magical and that there is magic. Something that we all were born knowing and then had it taken away. And then now it's coming back into the collective consciousness, which is so beautiful. But it's like, I think that people get stuck with that word because it's just so heavy, right? It's like, what do you mean? Like bippity boppity boo, I, I t- turning a pumpkin to a, to a carriage magic? What magic are we talking about? And what I'm hearing you say and what has been my experience is recognizing the magic of how we are connected to people who come into our life and how truly what you put out is what you're getting back. And we're casting spells with our words. If I'm putting my I am's on, if I'm saying I am ugly, I am poor, I am always going to be poor and I'm always going to feel ugly right? That's magic. We are casting spells. And yeah, I just would love to to hear you really wrap a bow on that for people. Like, what are we talking about magic? It's not bippity boppity boo. It's, it's taking consciousness and the energy of presence and knowing the power we have in that alignment, both with our intention, our attention and our authenticity which really is our, who, who am I? I am, and that's it. And the mind just wants so much more, just wants to chew. And, and we need that. We need our mind, we need the left side, we need the right side, we need our mind and heart as opposites in our directional compass. Mm-hmm. We need all this thing, I, all these things. I think the magic lies in knowing how to get out of our own way, which mm-hmm. is the work recognizing our patterning where it's showing up at our disadvantage, which is the archetype work as well, right? Coming back to that space and really surrendering this needing to know so that we can fully trust the fact that again, we're alive in this moment because Mm -hmm. we're breathing again. We're connected to our life force again. So I think I've spent a lot of time trying to break that down specifically for men. Like I talk a lot about like the female condition. So we're living in the patriarchy. We have all these things. This is why we're living through a time, which is what my book's called, The Rise of the Matriarchy. Mm. Um, But that's not a feminist statement because feminism has had to arise because of the oppression and lack of desire to understand the experience of how women are, who women are, how women process, what our capability is, and how beautiful that is to share with men and women so that we all can heal and be a part of and included in the act of being alive. Mm -hmm. Because we have the power to birth and grow life. We create life. And so if we are not held in that full expression, our system is not honored. And when our system is not honored, we are aware of all the multidimensional facets of how that feels in our body, even if we're unaware of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what PMS is. Right. No, go ahead. So, yeah. No, I mean, I could go on so many different tangents from this space. So the nuance of, you know, so anyways, matriarchy, I always have to say, it takes care of both men and women. Right. It's not that we're squashing. An anti. 
Yeah. <laughs> the only way, you know how you balance out a kingdom? You don't have a queen in the kingdom. The only way you balance a kingdom is by having a queendom. Yep, and right. they are equal. Yes. And I thought a lot about that in Sedona. Mm. I was like, no, I understand all these archetypes, but we're talking about archetypes within a patriarchal context the whole time. So you want to balance out a kingdom, you have a queendom. You have a beautiful king that's in the queendom, mm. you know? And that's the kind of equality that we need to bring in because the female condition is absolutely stunning. Mm. And the male condition is beautiful. We just understand it. It's equally as stunning. We just understand it fully because we've been living within it. And then we've watched that be out of balance, right? And the whole time we're like, no, 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 no. We want our sons to be cared for. We want our daughters to be cared for. No, we need our men to be cared for. Now, why is the dominance? Why are you controlling? Why? Because the female way is like, no, 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 no. Come into my den. Right. Let's do this together, you know? So back to magic, I've been spending a lot of time trying to understand the nuance of how to communicate this to men and where their resistance and where, how far I can get through. I mean, it's really my gauge with every human being, like within the first few minutes of talking to them, like, where are we here? How far can we go? Yes. You know? Yeah. Other and, people are like, oh, hi, how are you? Where are you from? You're like, hi, do you believe in magic? <laughs> Same. That. When I'm curious, when I have no idea if they do, when they ask me where I'm from, I say Middle Earth and just watch the reaction. I kid you not. That's perfect. That's perfect. You know, all these cues of gauging, it's like, what, are, what the fuck are we waiting for? What's, and I've never understood this. I'm like, we are alive now. We are here now. We are rising now. I know that it's my job to help us get to 5D and facilitate 7D. Like, I know I'm going to, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm doing now. Right. At 41, hmm. I trust that implicitly, but back to, to where that magic lies and how to communicate it. It's, it's in so many different spaces, but it's in conscious communication, right? Cause then we're realigning again mm-hmm. to our breath and communicating from that place. And that's what you're saying. We cast spells. So people can't understand that. Cause that word magic, like you said, is it's loaded just like God is. Right. Right. Just like feminism is. I mean, there's so much contextual referencing plopped onto all these things. And especially now with our digital, amazing digital revolution. Mm-hmm. So conscious communication is an avenue of magic. Um, trust and belief. Mm. I don't actually like the word belief, but trust, because my only belief is that if I feel so strongly that I have a belief, I need to question it. Wow. Because normally that's when the ego is like, no, 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 no. I know. I believe. No, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. I have all the answers. I believe this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I do have certain beliefs. I believe in universal truth. Mm -hmm. I believe in natural systems. Right. You know, I believe in compassion and all of these other things. The artistry of being alive and the openness of knowing that things don't have to be like this. There is no such thing as verses. Right. This contextual reference on a pendulum or on a tension cord of experience mm-hmm. right and I know this ideology leads me right to like heaven heaven mm-hmm. on earth is what Jesus was saying and that's right. the magic right and so I love talk I love talking about this because the magic is in the existence itself without needing to identify anything once we enter into this world and what these conversations they just keep coming and it's like what you were describing in that experience of 
you know, you step into the first yoga class and then somehow you're introduced to New Earth and then somehow you're introduced to, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh and then somehow you're introduced to, and it just keeps unfolding and unfolding. I think that that's part of the magic too. And for people who might be listening and this is a lot, it's, it's understanding that it's unlocking something so deep and it's really it's what we already know in our inner truth. And that's why I used to, and my ego used to be afraid of having these kinds of conversations and, and, and speaking in this way and being in this way, because it's like, well, do people get it? Are they confused? You know, like that, that part of me wants to make sure, oh, I need everybody to understand. And I don't want them to think that I'm weird, whatever it is. Now I'm really coming to this place where I'm understanding that this conversation, just by us having it and just by somebody listening, even if they are like, whoa, I'm not really following, it's planting seeds. And I think that that's how it happens. I, but it's seeds planted along the way, like what you were describing in the beginning about how we're not really sure sometimes why we're called to something or we don't remember how we got here. I don't remember how I was introduced to the, my, I don't remember. I was actually just writing um, an article about this that I don't remember how I arrived at my first full moon circle, but that was such a catalyzing event for me. And I didn't even know it was a catalyzing event until the year anniversary of that this year. So it's like, that is the magic that we're talking about, right? Absolutely. And I think especially for the 20 somethings, you know, we've talked about this. It's like you guys have grown in a time where we're going through the third biggest shift humanity has ever seen with the technological revolution. So we're talking about tribal living to agriculture, where we then stayed in one place, which started to grow civilization the industrial revolution where technology got to a place where we were able to build and expand and grow at a massive rate in the last 200 years. And now we have the technological revolution. So anyways, you guys grew up seeing and hearing and knowing everything, but knowing nothing because there weren't any leaders. There hasn't been people talking. And now maybe there's what Gary V maybe (laughs) he's is, is starting to do some, some work there, but There's not a lot of people throwing down truth at this level where um, all those feelings of insecurity and unknowing and uncertainty and all of the disconnect to the not knowing of who you are, which you can't possibly do at 20. You Mm -hmm. can in certain ways, but for the most part, even indigos, like you guys have struggled because no one's been like, hey, 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 it's not just crystal bullshit. Right. Like that's not what that's about. This is about you being your guru. This is about you finding your compass. This is about you feeling you. This is about you knowing that all adults, and I say this stuff to my son, that's why I love talking about parenting because I had to re-raise myself in order to appropriately mm-hmm. raise him. So, you know, I say things like, you're wonderful just as you are. And... Adults have it. Most adults don't even know this stuff. I'm asking you and teaching you and showing you a way to have a healthy mind that most human beings aren't even thinking about in the adult world. I'm asking big things of you. Yeah. 
you know, to understand that when you speak that way, it breeds upsetness. When you, and then there's our list, you know, and, and I, we could, I don't want to do too much of a parenting thing, but it's parenting stuff for everybody. We yeah. have a code word called Eversoft because I got upset with him when he was little and he burst into tears and we'd already been establishing emotional safety together. So I'd already established some strong ways of like showing up for him. Mm-hmm. And he burst into tears. He's like, can't you just be ever soft? And I was like, absolutely. You say the word ever soft and that will be it. And so now even last night, he's 10. And I was like, sweetie, how'd your homework, blah, blah, blah thing go? And he was like, mom, whatever. And he just kind of shot, he was unconscious and just kind of shot something at me. And I was like, sweetie, ever soft. He was like, oh, right. And then he wanted to skip wow. over it because he wasn't fully here because there was some digital stuff happening. And I went, no, 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 please say that again to me. And I made him repeat it in an ever soft way so that he can feel the difference between when he's not aligned and when, when we're aligned. So where were we? I know, right? No, that's so powerful. something and technology. Yes. And yeah. so the point is that the 20 somethings are just feeling the difference. Like you said, if you're here and you're listening and you're overwhelmed or this is too much, or it may sound whatever, it's about breathing and seeing how it feels inside your body to slow down, how it feels to know that people are out there that really care about you, Mm -hmm. that want what's best for all human beings. You know, it's about understanding that Sure, is COVID happening? Absolutely. But the real pandemic is self-hatred. Mm-hmm. It's that we were raised in this competitive education system. Unconscious parents, for the most part, were really lucky if we got some conscious ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And so none of it was told to us. We're in a winning environment where all you've done is see the celebrity or the winner or the person. And I say this to my son too. I'm like, listen, sweetheart, all you've seen are the people who have become professional, but you expect that you're going to be professional before you even start. And then you're upset with yourself when you're not. But what you're not seeing is the 20 years or 30 years or 40 years that it took that person to work hard and practice and eat well and think well and figure out how to shift their mind if they weren't and watching the opportunities happening and watching the failures and knowing that it's not a failure, it's just an experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I tell him too is like, it's my job to teach you how to be a wonderful learner of life. Not that you can do your math faster than somebody else or that, oh, you know this right now. Because what happens when we're in competition and I learned this from a beautiful friend of mine in Hawaii, a beautiful, one of the best yogis I know. Mm-hmm. She said, she was just so, I was like starting yoga, I was maybe a year or two in, and she's just like a yogini, just right. like, just who she is, right? <laughs> and so her name's Lily, and um, and she teaches art on the North Shore at the elementary school now, she's amazing. So yeah. anyway, um, and I was like, Lily, don't you ever like look around and you're like, oh my God, I'm so good. Like every time I looked at her, like it was seamless, you know, she's a yogini. Right. And she said, no, what I found is that Two things happen when I think that. I either think that I'm better than or I think that I'm worse than. Mm-hmm. And either way, I lose. Yes. Right? So this idea of like needing to be in competition at all times, it takes us away from the actual ability to be healthy learners mm-hmm. of life. And that's where our school system is failing all of us tremendously because 
then what happens is I'm better than, which is just egoic bullshit. Someone's going to be better in you than something else. So who cares, you know, or you are worse than, and most of the time in, in, in competition, you end up being worse than in some way because the mind likes to chew on our negative thought patterns. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. So if we're in a pandemic of self-hatred. So again, back to the 20 somethings, understand that nothing's messed up with you. Right. Like when we were in Sedona, Paige, like nothing was wrong with you. Yeah. You were just feeling all of this energy moving in your body because we were having this huge transformational experience mm. and didn't know what to do with all of that energy just as that energy was so much for me, I kept, I literally the entire weekend was like feeling my heart, feeling my intuition and just breathing and then exhaling toxicity, any of it. Cause it's not you. Mm-hmm. And by you now, I mean the general you, it is the Patrix that we're living in. That is so incredibly toxic that has not shared any of this truth about being an integrated human and what that mm-hmm. feels like how to be held and hugged and loved. You know, in Africa, there's a certain tribe that when somebody does something that's out of the social norm, they bring that person into the middle of the circle and they all hold hands around that person so that they can feel that they're held and supported, even though they're going through an experience inside of self that could be completely disassociated and cause other traumas. Wow. And so I have much more on this too. Like, I don't know if you yeah. want me to keep going, but it's so rich. Yeah, it's so rich. I definitely want to want to touch on this. So, and also for people, thank you for bringing that up because I had forgotten about it. But what Kara was referring to was when we were in Sedona, I we were about to go into a breathwork ceremony and I felt really sick. And I literally was was like, am I going to throw up? That's what would the feel, am I going to pass out? That was the feeling that I was having when you don't know if you're going to, be sick or pass out or what and and I had the feeling that it was that I was anticipating ceremony but it was it was your words and and saying that and assuring that that no nothing's wrong it's and it was it did turn out to be that that what was about to happen was my ego was about to lose a great piece of itself right like when we are going through deconstructive processes like breath work or a plant ceremony or just for me those are new modalities I did it through sitting in silence and in nature and just being and tuning everything else out that's where my kind of ego deaths happened that are still continuing to happen of course but and something that we engage in every day but and we'll continue yes yeah. And will continue always for all of us the whole time we're alive. The beauty of the duality to bring us back to oneness. Go ahead. No, yes, thank you. And and right, and and that's just we feel, I just want to make that point that so often like we feel like something's wrong, like we're physically sick, and that this ego, this part of ourselves that I've called on the show before is our superficial self, in case ego is a word that has too many other meanings attached to it that's confusing this this part of ourselves that's like, I'm a five foot four, blonde hair, blue eyed dancer, singer, you know, that's that superficial self. It wants to cling so badly. So when we're challenging it, it's often not going to go down without a fight. And so for what that looked like for me in this experience that we had together, that thank you, you helped guide me through was I literally felt physically ill. Like I was going to physically lose consciousness. 
And that's the state that when we're not thinking about that is how disease, dis-ease manifests itself. And what was so beautiful is that you came like right up to me and we hadn't had that much interaction no. at that point. and you came right up to me and you're like, can I sit with you? I'm having a really hard time. Is it okay if I talk to you? And I was like, yes, thank you so much for mm. stepping in and allowing people to hold you, allowing us to bring suggestion. Like that's the trickiest place. So you said the superficial space and I understand what you mean. I have some friends that call it the pretend sphere. Mm. We've gotten so good at pretending yeah. that we're okay when we're freaking the fuck out inside. But, but, and I was totally disassociated from that until not that long ago, maybe six years ago, five years ago, when I started working more on my shadow work mm-hmm. instead of just being connected to that space. Cause that's also spiritual diversion, just pretending like being in any pretend sphere, you know? And, um, and she blew me out of the water completely. And I was like, oh my God, that feeling, that lack of integration was the space I got so good at functioning from that I didn't even realize that I was almost having an internal panic attack without even knowing that I was. I just, that was my normal state of being in social environments. Like that, wow. Yeah. And I think that 20 somethings, especially, but all human beings, but especially like no one's mentioning that like everybody's experiencing that because we are all in a transformational experience, whether you're aware of it and have woken up or not. Mm-hmm. And each step of feeling how that feels and acknowledging like, wow, I'm having anxiety. Okay, now I'm going to build my tool set yeah. around that to make sure that I can breathe through what it is I'm experiencing because we all can breathe through it. And knowing also that it comes from self-hatred, from the, the messed up system around us, not the messed up system inside yourself. Right. Nothing's fucking wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kicking their own ass. It's unbelievable. The <laughs> way I kicked my own ass yeah. is unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. Man, and it, we need that reminder. Like if we could just, I could tattooed on my forehead and it like just looked hearing it as many times as possible and I love what you said too about how particularly 20 somethings and I think people who grew up with like on the onset of technology millennials etc that what the expectation was that we know everything and I think that a lot of what you've been talking about and I think you even used the word is something that's been really present it's going to be in like all of my latest interviews because I just it's really present on my mind lately is humility and this idea like you said that and it's really really lacking I loved how you said it about people in this age group particularly or we're expected to know everything because we have all of these things at our disposal. And so we were made to feel like we do know everything. And so now we act in this way that we know everything, but actually we know nothing. I'd love for you to just expand on that. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really um, kind of, or at least I have a, a nice analogy that will work. Like, how are you expected to understand Tantra when your first experience was watching porn? You can't. You can't, like, you can't, it's not, it's not humanly possible to be able to step out of this dark, toxic, not, not knowing 
to being open to something that feels extreme when that's actually the truth. And what you've seen is the toxicity, you know, yeah. it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's like, um, you know, yeah, no, that's a great example. So like, what do we do with that? Right? Like, what do we do with that? Yeah, you, well, what do you do with that? It's a great question. And it always comes back to the same. You start building your toolbox mm-hmm. of how you're feeling more peace. You have to turn off the distraction. My very, very wise sage friend just recently said, you know, the culture of transformations honoring Kali. So Kali, mm-hmm. the goddess of destruction, right. when really the culture needs to be honoring the god of Vishnu, which mm-hmm. is the god of distraction. Wow. So in t- we can't break down these barriers. We can't shift our mentality if we're so distracted and addicted to being distracted so that we don't have to feel ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's the next addiction, right? So, I mean, we know, you know, I've heard, I've listened to a few of your podcasts that I really enjoyed about your drinking that started young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, my addiction that started young, you know, the addiction that starts regardless of what it is, is just a way for us to numb the disassociation that feels so uncomfortable within. And we all know, you know, we know this, I think Russell Brand talks about mm-hmm. this. We, we know this. Now, stopping that addiction or seeing the other spaces we fill that need instead of letting ourselves fill our own needs. Yes. Turning to ourself for our own truth instead of constantly seeking and searching. So I think that's how it happens. It just starts to be like, what am I consuming? Like, I've been amazed. Like, my TV, I haven't had, like, TV, like, cable for a really long time. Like a Yeah. Long- but, and it, and it was, it's not needed anymore. And it wasn't needed for a long time either. But right. like, I'm so surprised how little I turn on my television, even with COVID yep. right now. Like, what am I? And I say this to my son all the time. I'm like, listen, you can enjoy entertainment and entertainment's amazing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and LA's going off. It's like, for a long time, I was like, oh, the Steven Seagal, like the stupid, like, mindless everything that's making millions and ruining yeah. our culture but now it's like wow we have all these avenues it's highly creative there's amazing brilliant director friends of mine actor friend I mean people are doing like amazing work it's fantastic but there's so, so much good entertainment so what are you using for entertainment and what are you engaging with what are you interacting with and we have that conversation constantly like you want to play your game fine play your game and Where's the area where you can build a level? Yeah. Like, so we're constantly, so I would advise the same. It's like, you can get so caught into like, you have to be the professional this and the knower of this and the Instagram star of this or any of those things. I would say like really explore embodiment, continue to explore that feeling inside yourself where you actually start to feel okay with yourself Mm -hmm. again by cultivating deep self-love recognizing that we're all in self-hatred because of the toxic society around us and the fact that no one's told you any truth. And then the truth is in you. You have all the answers you need. Just have to get quiet enough and turn off the distraction enough. Mm. Thank you. For the silence. Yeah. Amen. I, yeah, I have nothing to add. I, um, I could talk to you all day, 
but I know that we have to wrap up for now, but I would love for you to tell us about where people can find you and, and some things that you're up to that, that you want to share. Wonderful. Um, I could talk to you all day too. I love these conversations, especially getting into like the core of the divine feminine and where that rising is. Cause it is so on, it is so on. So I have a lot going on. I'm actually revamping my website. I have like six, mm-hmm. six, five websites that are different futurist platforms to mm-hmm. hold the transformational shift that's happening from a venture capital platform to a social media platform, to managing talent, um, a creative agency called New Earth Creative Agency that basically does the create, helps facilitate the creative process for individuals, businesses, corporations, personal professional development. Hmm. I'm doing a whole podcast beginning and my books are almost done. I got published last year in a conscious parenting book and I have poetry. So that's happening. I'll have courses. Um, so you can find me currently um, at newearthcreativeagency.com. Awesome. Um, you can also check out carablock.com. It's my old photography site, but there's a lot of good information and resources there. Um, you can reach out. The Great Inclusion is a private for now um, transformational community. So you can reach out to me if you want an invite to that. I can include you in that. Um, And I haven't, I'm a part of a incubative think tank in Switzerland called Zumbach Hub. It's amazing. Wow. Like vocational training stuff in Africa and in Haiti. And then we're working on alternative energy consulting and business solutions and a incubator. So a startup accelerator for entrepreneurs and education and community building and retreat center. There's so much Mm -hmm. happening. It's so beautiful. And I just want to leave you with like all of that starts with Mm -hmm. slowly feeling yourself, not chasing anything though. I've chased, I have chased. It leads me in a dead end every single time. It starts with the transformational process of embodiment and then the understanding of duality and oneness and then the understanding that everything is a mirror based on our vibrational output the universal law is that what we put out we receive it's a law of attraction it's what the secret was based on and that was kind of watered down um esther and jerry hicks is a great avenue for non-believers to try to jump into wrapping their head eckhart tolle great resource Listen to him. Don't read him. Listen to his lectures. So much easier. Um, It's so beautiful and so present and fun. Um, Yeah. And then going from those spaces to understand that like every aspect of my decision making coming back from an aligned space has its accelerated effect. So when I'm in that space of flow and alignment, that is the fifth dimension and the seventh dimension when we're in those spaces then we really can see like real time effect of the fact that we're the creators of our every moment of our every existence Mm. without even effort just compassion love matriarchy Mm -hmm. even from the men matriarchy and we create 
as the creators were supposed to be, as every human being were supposed to be the creators. And mm -hmm. what, it, oh, I don't have it written on my board. I'll say, I'll have it for next time. This most yeah. beautiful quote about the point of human existence is to create and beautify. Wow. Mm. And be free. Yeah, because we are. We are. Mm. Yep. Free inside ourselves is the opposite of the pretend sphere as well. Mm. Going back to earlier in our conversation. When we're unleashed from that, that is our freedom. And we're free. Oh. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. We're definitely, I'm saying it on air so you're so you're bound to us we're definitely gonna have to have you on again there's so many things so many things and you have so much wisdom so grateful thank you thank you thank so you much so much for having me and thank you for your openness and your drive for your own um self-exploration it is not easy work and it is the most rewarding so i'm so honored to be here it's so lovely to know you mm, thank you Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Spiritual 20s. My name is Paige, and I am so grateful to play even the smallest role in your journey to living a more authentic, more aligned, more wild and free life. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and I'll see you next time.